Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarada. Like, who else would I be, right? Hi, it's Mary Ann Live. I'm Joe Smith. And Mary Ann's in the bathroom. Just kidding. I'm sorry. My guest today and I have been laughing already. We can't even start the show because it's so funny. And it's very, it's not even funny what we're going to talk about. Although big love could be super funny. Um, in hindsight, or I don't know, we're going to get there, but you're in the right place. I am Marianne. You tuned in again. Thank you for coming back. I'm always just so filled with gratitude and, and surprise and overwhelm and all kinds of other emotions, that complex human, abo- human emotion that I feel when people keep showing up because Linda McKenzie and Jay Cruz made it happen for us, a place to tune in to Positive Talk Radio. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Look at if you are overwhelmed with what's happening in the world, tune in here because most of us are devoted to helping you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships with the world, with yourself, with each other, a place to cultivate your practice. And that's what I like to do at the top of every hour. I like to help people, mostly me because I need it really bad, I'm not saying more than you. I'm just saying I need extra because I've taken the scenic route to enlightenment, and I'm, like, not sure where it is, but I keep trying, and I need extra help. So I created a show just for myself so I could try to stay awake, and it actually hopefully helps other folks. But anyway, seriously, cultivating practice, right, moving all of that stuff we know the information we gather, the pearls of wisdom, taking all of our experience and then consciously letting it inform what we do, who we be, how we move through the world. That's what I understand practices. And the really simple practices stick with me, like finding our breath, getting present, and breath helps us get present, I have found. It's free. It's simple. It's not always easy, but the invitation is straightforward. And I like to ask folks to do that at the top of the hour. We can do it together. Just notice where your breath is in your body most predominantly or where you're most aware of it. Bringing your attention there and then cultivating some curiosity Without judgment, we don't need to make it mean anything unless that does it for you and makes you feel filled with love to judge your breath. But if not, just notice it. Notice the quality of your breath. Notice if you add some intention to your breath and it starts to deepen, if you start to relax 
or get more present coming into this moment. And when we get more present, we get to receive the presence with an S that life has to offer because it's always happening around us, right? We get to choose where we place our attention for the most part. So choosing breath, choosing presence, Ah, and we come in for a landing. It just feels so good when it happens. Yeah, there you go. Keep breathing in and out while I invite you to do the next part of our practice, which is cultivating a perspective of gratitude. Some folks call it an attitude of gratitude. And I'm really clear, and over the years, the last 11 years, I've heard from a lot of you who say, God, that's so hard. You know, it's so hard to get grateful sometimes. There's so much happening. And I don't want to do fake gratitude, although they say, you know, fake it till you make it. But there's so much going on for you. I know, it's true. You're managing so much. It could be past trauma. Just trying to get through the day to take a deep breath is a gift, a challenge, a triumph, a real one. You're dealing with loss or illness or just how do I get my next job? How am I going to feed my kids? My spouse left. I have to leave. I can't stay. And then we'll add to that what's happening in the political climate, right? And on and on. So the invitation here is to see if we can find a bridge from that reality to finding some gratitude, which really helps us tolerate, navigate, and be with what's happening in the world. So here's an offering. Who helped it? Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Who helped make it possible for you to put the clothes on that you have on your body? I hope <laughs> if you're in public. Um, or the sheet that you're lying on, or the coat, or the car that you're driving, or the book that you've written, or the, you know, just fill in the blank. It's a wonderful portal, and just start thinking about it. Wow, there's that person. Oh, what about those people? And I always like to say when I drive past the Central Coast, where a lot of our food goes and comes from, comes from and goes to in the United States is in California the Central Coast, and I look at those hundreds and thousands of folks who are bending over, picking our food, and I'm overwhelmed with gratitude just at the sight of it. So just remembering that and see if that doesn't help ease you into that perspective or whatever else. You might be on your journey already, breathing and feeling present and grateful that we have another moment, another day to create our reality, a shared reality. So... There you go. I'm going to go down my list of folks who make this program possible, not the least of which is HealthyLife.net Radio, bringing us positive talk radio, like I said, 24-7 here uh, in the Western world and and beyond. Also, the um, One World Children's Fund at the global level, .org, if you're online. They're busy uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. The National Action Organization at the national level helping us change the way our culture values each other to make this program possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level for the last 10 years, the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, 
they've got the latest in meditation and revelation, and pretty soon you're going to probably see Scott Sabil's book, our guest today, who's joining us. Books like that, books can save your life. They saved my life. My best friends were folks who were deceased many years past, some hundreds of years. Their wisdom, their words, I hung onto, I clung onto, I found meaning in my life. I love books. One book, I mean, I have my top ten list of changes, but books that I thought, oh, my God, if I didn't have this book, I probably wouldn't have made it. Seriously, that's how important books are to me, and I know you keep tuning in because you love our guests and you feel the same. However you read them, however you devour them, they are part of your nourishment, how you stay connected to what's real and true for you. And so today, let's talk about our guest, Scott Stabile. He's written a book for us, another one. This time it's called Big Love. It's coming out pretty soon, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Scott is the author of Big Love. His inspirational posts and videos have attracted a huge and devoted social media following, including over 350,000 Facebook fans and counting. He's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post. He lives in Michigan and conducts personal empowerment workshops around the world. He's joining us today because he, he wants to know if anybody out there is interested in love. <laughs> Big love, real love, right? Because <laughs> it seems like uh, that's a good thing. And I'll tell you, after reading Scott's book and, and dropping in and getting to know his journey, uh, wow, if anybody could have gone off the rails, and, and he might argue with me that he did and came back to tell about it, um, Scott has been down the rabbit hole. He has encountered things that few of us will hopefully ever have to encounter, and he's come back to tell us about it again and again and again through his storytelling is inviting us to awaken into a field of love that he's going to talk about with us today. Welcome to the program, Scott. We're so glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Your next book is going to be called Don't Stop Laughing and so You Can't Breathe and Throw Up. But <laughs> I don't even want to talk. Your introduction is the best introduction I've, I've ever heard. And I feel like I just want to listen to you talk. Oh, you're so sweet. No, we, I'll tell you, that is like uh, absolute necessity. Right? A necessity to grab onto our tools. I know you know it. I know so many of us feel that way. We just grab onto those simple resources that make all the difference. They do. Absolutely. And breath is, for me, is one of the big ones, honestly. Just remembering to breathe. Yeah. It helps. It helps so often. (laughs) Yeah. How was your breath for you today? What did you notice about your breathing? Um, it just calms me down. You know, when you when you took us through that initially, it, it reminded me, because I was feeling a little nervous. You know, it's an interview, yeah. and I've yeah. done uh, a bunch of different podcast interviews, but I think this is my first one that's uh, a live radio show for the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling a little extra nervous about it, mm-hmm. and then when you were just guiding us through the breath, it was like, yes, just breathe. Just remember yeah. to breathe, and it put me in my body more. Instead of in my head, you know. So glad. Yay! Yay. You have another convert <laughs> for the moment, right? Absolutely. Oh, and man. gratitude. I'm a big yeah. fan of gratitude as well. So I, I love how you start your show. Oh, thanks. Well, thank you for joining us. And we're going to journey even deeper with you into other resources that you've found along your way. Your story is so. Let's see. I want to say remarkable in the, in the most um, magnificent sense of the word. 
um, it, it sort of made an indelible mark on my soul reading some of the incredible tragedies, but even more than that, the kind of inquiry that you do, uh, it's sort of very wholeheartedly willing to face whatever the truth is. And your stories, you're going to share some of them with us. But I, I love that about you. Have you always been like that, sort of a person who wants to embrace the truth? No. <laughs> no. no. In a word. Definitively, no. no. <laughs> you know, I think for many years of my life I actually avoided the truth. And I, I think it's just when, and when I speak about the truth, I mean the truth of, the pain that I've been through in my life and facing the grief and sadness that, that came from that, as well as just the truth of how disgusting we are once we really consider the humanity. You know, I, I think that we all have the ugliest of the ugly going on inside from yeah. the most beautiful to, you know, and it's yeah. the full spectrum. And I think it's hard to be honest with yourself yeah. when you're seeing these incredibly envious, blameful, you know, just disgusting parts of the human yeah. reality. So, no, I didn't always embrace it. <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, now that I think about it, when we write books in hindsight, right, you're speaking from this more awakened, if, if you want to call it that, or more aware perspective, right? So now that I think about your stories, I don't know, I'm still going with it based on what I read about you. You always seem curious even when you're talking about you in the past, you always seem to move ultimately towards the truth. So maybe well, we could look you know, at it like I that. Think, I think I was always really compassionate. Like that's when I try to, when I think of myself as a kid and I try to connect to like who who I was mm -hmm. as a child, the main word that, that I think of is compassion because I was always the kid who never liked other kids being picked on in any way or, or feeling outside in any way and really sensitive about those things, mm -hmm. you know, about outsiders and stuff like that. So, and I, and it wasn't, but I don't think I was consciously searching at the time. And then, yeah. you know, I lost my parents at 14, which I, I'm sure we'll talk about. And, and when that happened, it just, everything kind of, Changes. I think you just, I went into just survival mode. And for me, that meant burying all feelings and just moving forward in my life, you know, as a good student and as a, you know, a popular kid with lots of friends, but never really connecting to what was going on underneath that surface kind of smile and, hey, everything's great. And in part, I feel really lucky that I think that, that some of us are born with personalities that tend more naturally toward positivity mm -hmm. and some are born with personalities that tend more naturally toward negativity and it's a lot mm -hmm. harder for them to find the positive and I, I'm lucky and very grateful that I was born with a personality that steers more naturally toward looking for the positives in things mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but it's for, for all yeah, of us. optimist right yeah absolutely that's my yeah. natural tendency like that yeah. isn't, that doesn't take extra hard work like yeah, I know it yeah. does for others. Yeah. They, they, they've actually done research, uh, the uh, parenthetic they, <laughs> right, uh, on the happy gene. And some people get it and other people, like you said, um, to work harder. But one of the things you wrote about in your book is that it's a choice. It's not a given. Well, is that, is that I don't think that's... No, 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 no. It's no, not a choice. <laughs> 
sorry. I got it wrong. Don't you dare misquote me, woman. (laughs) You're right. You're totally right. It's actually, it's not a choice. It's something we have to, you say it. Yeah, well, I I don't want to bungle it anymore. I think the messaging that we see over and over, especially in the world of personal development and spirituality, is that happiness is a choice. You know, then there are thousands of memes that say that, but I don't believe that's the case because it's an emotion and we can't choose our emotions. You know, and I think that what we do a disservice to ourselves and others by suggesting, hey, you can just choose to be happy because then for all of us out there who aren't happy all the time, we're like, well, I'm failing because I I can't just choose to be happy. And when your heart's broken, you can't just choose to be happy and you lose a loved one. You know, you can't just choose it. But what I said in the book is that we, what I believe absolutely is that we can choose to take action that stands to create more happiness in our lives. That's right. So in that sense, like, yeah, we can always be considering, like, hey, long walks tend to make me feel good, so I know that when I take a long walk, there's a good chance I'm going to feed more happiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Those are important choices to make. Well, it's like happy or sad are the only two choices in that sort of paradigm, right, when we know that the human experience is far more complex and the subtleties of emotion, the more mature or experienced we get, are are just we we overlook them, like you said, you know, being pleased, being amused, being content. Those might be not, they don't get the headline news like happy, but they are also, they are available, right? So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, Rebecca Costa, neuroscientist, she many years ago talked about a lot of research that was done on um, it takes four positive thoughts for every negative thought that's just natural or something like that. But our brain is wa- our brain is wired for survival. So mm-hmm. we, we have to work real hard to get happy. So Absolutely. And it's so natural to just be self abusive and negative. I mean that that comes so so easily to our minds. You know, we go there that doesn't take any work. Really. Yeah. The work is in being generous with ourselves and being loving and remembering the good. You know, that takes, um, it takes awareness and it takes effort. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah, of course it is. It's the good stuff. So you have other siblings, right? You're one of six? I'm one, well, one, I'm the young, well, no, I mean, I'm the youngest of seven, but one passed away, so there are only six of us living currently. Right, okay. And so, how about your other siblings? Did they all get a similar disposition as you did, or are you all different? You know, I would say we're all um, we're all different in terms of our personality, but we're all I would we're all really similar in that we're all we all like people. You know, we all like connection. We're all friendly and welcoming to mm-hmm. people, and I think tend to steer toward an optimistic view of the world in general. You know, like if you came over for Thanksgiving, you would be part of the family immediately. You know what I'm saying? You can just walk in, and my siblings are so lovely that way. It's just anyone who comes in is welcome, and we're a loud, you know, fun group. So. Party at Scott's house? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's happening this exactly Thanksgiving, that. everybody. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> that sounded really fun in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, and that's interesting, too, you know, the the idea that siblings can be uh, faced with a, a similar experiences and have very different responses, as in your family. Um, 
and yet you had the, the, the positive sort of um, collective gene pool, I guess you could say, which which leads me to the, the question, and I know in your book it's one of the first things you talk about is the loss of your parents, um, and I can't imagine that anybody gets used to talking about the tragic loss of their parents, particularly the way you lost yours, um, and yet it is one of the fundamental um, I want to say pools of the depth of your love that flows from that experience in, in so many ways. Would you talk with us about what happened? Sure. I mean, my when I was 14 years old and my parents were murdered in their market in Detroit. They had a fruit market that they owned and they both worked at and uh, came in one morning to find their employee had been stabbed and the man who stabbed them was still there, and he ended up shooting my parents. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's super heavy. It was obviously the most traumatic and life-changing thing that happened in, in my life. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think, at the time, I didn't, I don't think I, I was really thinking about anything from a place of awareness or consciousness or what it all means. I really, as I said earlier, just kind of do this consciously but buried the pain of the experience and just moved on with my life and didn't really talk about it. And, and my siblings, even though we are different in a lot of ways, we all went the same approach in that way. None of us talked about anything to do with our parents. You well, know. hold that thought. We're going to go to break, Scott. Uh, when okay. we come back, more with Scott Reveal right here at Marion Live. Big love is what we're talking about. We're going to be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. 
Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. I think we're back. We're live. Hi, welcome back. To Marianne Live. I know many of you are holding your breath and are still trying to process what Scott just shared with us, the tragic loss of his parents. No child, no human being should ever have to lose anyone in this fashion, in this manner. Scott, we're so grateful that you have shared this story with us and just so we can continue to hold our listeners and help hold you as well. Let's all just take a moment together and yeah, find our breath again if it made its way up into your shoulders or tightness in your body. See if we can add some love and some breath and uh, hanging out together with each other as we continue this journey. Scott sharing this story with us and, and how he has continued to draw from the well of the strength and courage it's taken him years to, to be able to do to be here with us to, to share uh, the journey. So, so Scott, you were sharing with us um, the aftermath of putting it together for yourself. You said, you know, you basically buried your feelings and, and moved on. Uh, same with your siblings until you didn't, until it was apparent that this, this trauma wanted to be felt and healed. Tell us, tell us how that happened, how it came up and how you've managed to deal, feel and heal this, this tragic experience at the loss of your parents. Well, you know, I would, I used to cry about only once a year about it. It was like, almost like clockwork and usually it was from drinking too much and triggered by some conversation and I'd have a, an emotional meltdown for one night and then I'd go back to burying everything. It was like this yearly release. Mm -hmm. And I was living in San Francisco, I think I was around 22, 23 at the time, and that yearly thing happened again, only it didn't stop. And for days I was just crying and sobbing and locked myself in my room and thought I was losing my mind and literally pulled out uh, yellow pages and opened to the therapist, psycho, you know, psychologist mm -hmm. section and just pointed my finger and called that number. And the woman that I, I saw, this woman for six weeks, it was all I could afford at the time, but it, and all we did in those six sessions were talk about my parents and I cried and raged and did all these things and it was this opening for the first time of realizing not just that I, I could talk about 
this experience, but that I needed to. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, you know, recognition. At that time, I was also working at a store where we had a, a it was a new age gift shop, and we had this incredible selection of, you know, books and all, all the new age books at the time. And so it was my first time reading all of these spiritual books on self-help type books, and it was really an introduction to that whole world, which also helped me recognize that, like, hey, I'm closing, you know, you can't just close yourself off to feeling your pain without also closing yourself off to feeling the potential for your joy. You know, we can't selectively wall ourselves up. We we think we can. Yeah, right. You know, but the the truth is I, I recognize, I started to see, like, I'm... I'm limiting my life, I'm limiting my experience of life, I'm limiting the connections that I'm able to have with people because I've built such a wall around my parents' death. So much so, Marianne, that I mean, I would, I, I was like a master chess player, truly. Like, if conversations ever steered toward family, toward parents, toward anything to do with family, I would manipulate them away because I never wanted to reveal what had happened to my parents because as much as, uh, even if I was okay in the moment saying it, it was always an incredibly overwhelming thing for someone to hear exactly. and of receive, course. especially at that time. You know, I'm 46 now, and it's still shocking for people when they find out, but when you're a teenager in your early 20s, it's not the norm. It's not, you know, so it overwhelms people, and then I get overwhelmed by their overwhelm, of and course. it was this cycle. So I, I spent most of my energy just avoiding and, and steering conversations away from it and then realized, you know what, no, this pain is there it need, and, and it's affecting me in who knows how many different ways emotionally physically and it, it's it's time to look at it and i don't you know i don't think we ever find closure when it comes to grief like this i don't think you suddenly you know yeah. you you pack it up tidily yeah. and you move yeah. on in your life but i do think you you figure out ways to integrate that pain into your life and you move on because life moves on and we have no choice but to move on with it and to anyone out there who's dealing with you know tremendous grief or loss you know i i can say that you will you will smile again like you are not always going to feel how you feel right now and that doesn't mean you get over losing that person but i noticed that when i would start to think about my parents it wasn't just always with grief and dread that i could still remember things then that would make me smile and i could connect to to the joy in that emotion instead of just the pain of loss if that makes sense that absolutely makes sense and i think in our western culture we really like things to be tidy we think grief has you know the six steps you need to move through them expeditiously and if you don't we, you know, we start to pathologize people and put them on medication, right? When exactly. So, so most of most people end up shutting down, and necessarily, I mean, the initial shutting down we know in trauma is fairly common because it, we can't process. We can't. No. It, it would overwhelm an individual, right? So we do it in our own time. But I love that you're encouraging. Folks, letting them know, you know, it could take a lifetime. It will likely take a lifetime. We are affected, deeply affected. Some things will never get unbroken. They just have been changed forever, and we, like yourself, 
thank God for folks like you who are campaigning, who are, you know, love activists like you call yourself, saying we will heal. And yes, it's awful and painful and horrific and at times brings you to your knees and like you to addiction and other loss. I mean, let's don't stop there because the truth is, and you know, folks, you're going to get a copy of Big Love and you will find your way through the stories. But they just, they're just, it was unrelenting for you. Several months later, nine months later, you lost your brother. Tell us about that. Well, nine years, actually. Nine, sorry, yeah. nine. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. up with me today? I haven't <laughs> had enough green tea. I mean, I'm getting essentially the same thing now, but the numbers are very bad. Forgive me. Uh, probably okay. mercury. Blame it on mercury. Doesn't mercury, mercury right always right. get blamed oh, for right. everything? It's true. That's what it is. Communication. It has a hold of my mouth today. Mercury. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, we get back after the break. We're going to talk about um, your next loss nine years later. Uh, Right when we get back, right after these messages, everybody sit tight. We're going to be back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. That was kind of... Welcome back. I know you heard my little jingle. I love my jingle. It's like such a, a wonderful way into what we're talking about, which is so intense and so deep. And many of you out there are probably just trying to recover from what Scott shared with us, the loss of his, loss of his parents when he was 14, and, and then it stimulates losses you may have had or people you know who you've lost in a tragic way or untimely way, and, and a lot of the we are on the brink of loss, and then you're starting to think about, you know, nuclear war, and I mean, 
trust me, this, this is a spiral. We are here. We want you to find your feet, find your breath, and find this moment because that's all each of us has right now. And we're sharing it together. Scott, we're so grateful you've brought in your stories and your um, wisdom through love, which is what we're moving towards, weaving in and out of these stories, your compassionate hearts. How do we recover? How do we survive? How do we take the next step despite what may befall us? And before we went to the break, I, I asked you to share your next big loss nine years later. You lost your brother to a heroin overdose. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, in truth, my I would say the the reality of Ricky's life was was much more traumatic than than when he died, and is um, because I only knew my brother as a, as someone addicted to heroin when he was 18 years older than I was, and as far as anyone knew, he started um, in his addiction around that that time. So my entire experience was growing up with a brother addicted to heroin and, and all of the things that that entails in a household and all the heartbreak and grief that it brings to a family. Um, and so I, I struggled a lot, obviously, with my brother and, and hated him and judged him and all these different things. He was also a really lovely, like, lovely, open-hearted man, like truly, truly, truly. You meet him and you love him instantly. He was one of those types of people. Um, but I couldn't make sense as a kid of why he couldn't just stop doing this drug. Um, and I, I think that the the journey with my brother was a, a journey to finding compassion, to moving beyond judgment of him, and to moving beyond just considering him a junkie and a loser and all these things I felt about him because of the heartache that he brought to my family um, and recognizing uh, no matter, you know, no matter what, no matter the reasons why a person is choosing to do what they're doing and whether or not you believe addiction is an incurable disease or is it whatever you believe about addiction, um, it doesn't matter. These are still human beings who are, you know, doing their best to make sense of this crazy world. And, and whether or not a person is making a choice to use a drug or is addicted to a drug or alcohol or whatever, it makes them no less worthy than anyone else trying to make sense of this world. And that was, um, that was something I didn't, I didn't really come to that realization until my brother died. You know, it was like after his death, my views around addiction and everything shifted and um, I was able to find more love for my brother in a deeper um, less conditional way than I ever was able to do while he was alive um, you know but as far as receiving the, I was you know in my early 20s and received the phone call from my sister and and knew uh, my siblings we all knew we would be getting a phone call someday about my brother I mean, it, I don't know how else to say it. Was it, it? We all knew that call was coming, and I knew when my sister had left a couple messages saying, "Call me, it's important." I knew that my brother Ricky had had overdosed on heroin, you know, and um, and I also felt relief for him. I knew and understood that the the reality of his life and in and out of smack houses and in prison and everything was was a constant struggle, but I also at the time had I believed that he could never have 
he could never have overcome heroin and I don't believe that's the case now you know I I, I believe that the drug was stronger than he was it was too powerful and I simply just don't believe that's the truth about anything I don't believe any drug is more powerful than a person I think that we can all you know if, if, it, if that were the case and if addiction were only an incurable disease we wouldn't see millions of people um, in recovery finding their sobriety, figuring out a way to move through life without the alcohol or without the drug or without whatever it is. Um, you know, so I, I do believe in the power of a person to move beyond whatever's preventing them, you know, from living a clearer life. One of the things I noticed while I was reading your book is that you give us an insight into your interior dialogue. You know, like a lot of the, the parts... Yeah. Yeah, the parts of yourself, I could hear a couple different voices, you know, the voice of reason, the voice of insanity, um, you know, the, the hedonist, you know, there was a, you had a crew in there, we all do. And I really appreciated that because so often, at least I've noticed over the last 30 years or so, being in the arena of personal development, so, so many of us want to try to make meaning, make it tidy, and then move on, right, mm -hmm. as though yeah. we're just not going to have these thoughts anymore, or or at least it seems like that's possible, which is, I feel like, leads to a lot of suffering, right, Absolutely. so if you think, yeah, if you think it's possible to put that away, to actually get over it, you're constantly feeling the shame that you talk about in your book, or the disarray, or whatever, so talk about, uh, for us, the ways that you continue because I think it's so important for people to hear. You continue to have these tirades of thinking, and it's just how you respond to it today that's different, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, I, if, if my Facebook community has shown me anything, it's that we're all the same, <laughs> really. I really believe that human beings, we are all struggling. We all know grief. We all know sorrow. We all know joy. We all know the full spectrum of emotions. And... I, I've learned that, you know, I was chasing enlightenment for many years, and I, I happily am not chasing enlightenment. Not that I judge anyone chasing enlightenment. Chase it all you want, but I'm, I'm happily not because what I found in my distorted way of viewing my spirituality was it was I was constantly not meeting the standards that I was setting for myself, or I was constantly not being as clear or as loving or as this or as that that I thought I should be given right. someone on the path to enlightenment. All The only thing that's different with me now, the main thing, is I've come to understand that human beings have crazy minds. We all have them. I've met incredibly wise people who have insane minds, <laughs> just like everybody yeah. else. They you know what I mean? They keep it to themselves, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, think, I mean, I think two things. It's like one is that the more I've come to accept all of those different voices as totally okay and a normal part of being a human being, instead of resisting them and fighting them and trying to pretend they're not there, you know, there, there's that spiritual bypassing, which I just yeah, learned yeah. that term recently, even though I know yeah, it's been out there. Love it. You know, it doesn't serve us to pretend we are not sure. who we are, but it also doesn't, I don't, I also don't attach myself to the thoughts of my mind that are not aligned with who I really believe myself to be, which is a loving, compassionate, kind human being. And that is my, that is my focus. 
And so when I'm caught up in those thoughts of blame and self-abuse and condemnation, whatever all that busy mind noise is that comes from ego and comes from fear, I just don't give it as much energy as I used to, you know. And Oh, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say the narrative or the, the personal mythology or the reality or the story or whatever people want to call it, you know, that really defines who we are as we're trying to cope, in your case, to deal, to function, to understand, to make meaning of things that happen that you just absolutely not only didn't want to have happen, you just couldn't even in your worst nightmare imagine, and then they happen again, and then again, right, it's like we are people that are, are really um, sort of propelled to find that uh, sort of reductive place that we think is possible, right? I mean, that's what we call enlightenment. We all yeah. thought, someone said, I don't know who it was, I, it might have been Walt Disney, poor guy, <laughs> right, <laughs> trying to reduce something to one thing, um, we all thought enlightenment was just you didn't feel any ba- anything bad anymore. You just exactly. awaken and everything's okay, right? And hence yeah. you you were you were part of a okay, let's call it a cult because that's what you call it. You, you were trying to find meaning and respite and understanding uh, with a group uh, and a guru yourself, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I just think you know I think we I mean we can talk I'm happy to talk more about that too if you want but. I think we spiritual people, have, one, one thing we tend to do to ourselves is we put this pressure on ourselves to always be in this state of peace and bliss and love. And anytime we're not, we try to pretend that we're not really in that other state. That's right. And it doesn't serve us at yeah. all, and it's That's not right. real. It's nonsense. It's that's just right. another trick of a crazy mind. Yeah, when we know. get back after the break, we're going to talk about that's what big love is. Loving what is. When we get back right here on Mary and I, don't touch that dial. More with Scott Stabile. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote, 
Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Love is so intoxicating, and, and the title of your book, Big Love, it, it really does beg the question, what does that mean? Look, at in the English language, we've got one word for love, and it's love, right? right. Like what, what does that mean? Help us, and help us understand what you're inviting us into, Scott. Well, look, I, I mean, I've come to see the energy of love that we all know and feel and how, you know, we know when we're offering our love to others, we feel when we're receiving love from others. I think that's the most powerful energy we have to work with on this planet. So I see, you know, Big Love is it's a collection of personal essays and it's all stories from my life where I felt like I was pulled from center and the tools I used to get myself back. So some of the chapters focus will focus on compassion, one's on forgiveness, one's on kindness, because I see love as the base note for everything that's good on the planet. So you know, love, without love, there is no kindness. Without love, there is no compassion. Without love, there is no forgiveness. So with the book, what I, what I was thinking about what to call it and, and what's the essence of the book, what I want people to, to get from it, it's a couple things. One, just to, it's actually many things, but I'll just share a couple. One is, is I want people to feel less alone in their lives and less mm-hmm. alone in their struggle which is why I share everything that's, you know, or lots of things that's gone on in my life with the hope that people will resonate from their own place. Like, you don't have to know my grief to know grief. You know, you don't have to know my sorrow to know sorrow. We can all connect through these different emotions, and it helps us feel a lot less alone. And then the other thing is I I really want to encourage people to consider having love as the guiding force in their lives. I mean, if it's one question I ask myself often, every day it's what does love invite me to do in this moment you know when you're on social media and people are being insanely crazy raging at each other and i'm sometimes compelled to like write something back and it's like well wait a minute what does love invite me to do in this moment how does love invite me to act and when we ask ourselves that question it's not just in our relationships with other people but in how we're relating to ourselves when we're beating up on ourselves when we're looking in the mirror and we're calling ourselves worthless and ugly it's like well wait a minute we can interrupt that moment as well and ask that question what does love invite me to see in the mirror how does love invite me to respond to who i am and and recognize that that choice because sometimes for people when you talk love 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 they think it's really airy fairy and you know too esoteric or whatever but just recognize that our power lives in our capacity for love so every time you choose to go into your community with a kind heart to smile at people or to hold open a door or to be of service in your community that kindness is emanating from love you know every time you choose to Hello? 
I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard a no, noise. No, it's okay. Sorry. Every time you choose to show up um, to a, a social media thing or with somebody who has a completely different opinion and whose opinion may even offend you, but you, sh- you choose to show up with empathy in your heart and try to connect to them as another human being and imagine what it's like even for a second to walk in their shoes, that is you practicing love. Like there are very tangible ways to exercise love all the time, all throughout our day. And at the same time, recognize that part of being human is being a jerk (laughs) and that we fall off that love train often. And the best we can do is get back on, you know, with a commitment to being kind-hearted and loving. And I don't know, you know, honestly, Marion, there's nothing that's changed my life more than just committing to love and focusing on that as my my guiding principle Mm -hmm. and seeing what it creates in my life. And what I've found is it creates... A, a much more beautiful life than the alternative. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. As, uh, coming from a man who feels like he gets bored so easily, can't keep his focus on anything, mm-hmm. I'm just going to reflect something for you here that you have, in fact, done that from the time you were a child and you've just gotten clearer and clearer. Your compassionate heart and love has always been your message. Your big meta container and the rest of it, I I see with this curious, insatiable soul who's dealt with so many things from the tragic to the splendid. Um, Your your lust for life is is so contagious. Uh, Your storytelling ability is magnificent. I sat in a chair, didn't move didn't put the book down. I read it literally from cover to cover in the most uncomfortable chair in my house, by the way. <laughs> which is, I don't even know. I, I thought I was just going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, uh-huh, and then I'll read some more later. Like, okay, now I'm in pain. But it was an amazing book. And it's a great book for you all to read. We, we didn't even get into, uh, you know, one iota hardly of the, the rest of what's in store for you when you pick up a copy of Big Love. We are at the top of the hour, sadly. Scott, what do you want to leave us with today? Well, one, I'd like to leave you with um, just a ton of gratitude for having me on and uh, introducing me to your wonderful audience. Like This has been really, really fun. You're wonderful, and you're so good at what you do. And um, also, yeah, just encourage people to uh, to love, keep loving harder themselves and others. And uh, let's, let's, let's make this world a more loving place. Oh, yeah, and everybody, you can just, if you're not his Facebook friends and you're filled with love and want some big love and want to share it, go check him out on Facebook. Get a copy of Big Love. When's yeah, it it's out, out now. It's out now. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, this okay. week. Oh, is, it's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere books are. We're part of the launch. All right, everybody, we'll be back for a wrap in just a minute. Big love to you, Scott. Sibiel. Thanks for being too. here. All right, All right everybody. Thank you. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado, and I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships, and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single, and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, 
We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Yeah, talking about real, real man, real big heart, Scott Stabile. Thanks for being with us today. Big love, get a copy. It's available wherever fine books are sold. All right. We're so glad you joined us today. Last part of your practice is go do something good, like giving him some big love. Don't let him know you're doing it. I love that part of my practice. And uh, also, join us next week. Stephanie Carnes, she's going to be in the house talking about mending a shattered heart. A Guide for Partners of Sex Addicts, right here on Marianne Live. Big topic affects so many people. You don't want to miss that program. In the meantime, go to MarianneLive.com for more information. I wish you every blessing, everybody. Until next time, be well.